Beloved Church of our Lord Jesus Christ, rules for getting out of a hole. Number one, make sure that you want to get out of the darkness and into the light. Although light and freedom is good, the light will show you how dirty you are. That's not always easy to take. Number two, resist the urge to keep on digging further down. You can't dig yourself out of a hole. Number three, recognize your helplessness so that you will be willing to submit to your rescuer. You need to have a humble heart. You need to recognize that you are where you are. And you can show that humility by how you treat people around you. Number four, stop trying to dig further down. Maybe just get rid of that shovel completely. Instead of trying to figure out a way for yourself to, to climb out, cry out for help. Cry out together with everyone else who needs help. Number five, when your rescuer shines a, a light down into the hole to show you the, the rope and the lift that have already been set, sent down for you, submit to his instruction and follow the light. Number six, get everybody together and climb onto the lift that is hanging down from the rope into the hole. Number seven, make sure you are at peace with everyone else who is on the lift with you. You will need to work together, to cling to one another, to overlook some of the dirt that others will smear on you because, because it's a long ride out of the hole. Number eight, resolve any differences you have very quickly because if you are unwilling to forgive them, you are the one who need to be removed from the lift. Number nine, reach out to everyone who is there in the darkness. Maybe there are some people who want to come out, but they don't know that there is a way out. Number 10, trust that your rescuer above is willing and able to lift you out of the hole. Hold on tight to your conviction. Don't jump off in impatience, but thank him for his kindness by continuing to call out to him, to express your trust in him. It's an analogy, a comparison. It's a comparison that helps us to understand what we are doing when we ask God to forgive us our debt as we also have forgiven our debtors. When we are in debt, it's like being in a hole. Psalm 130 uses the illustration of a hole. In the prayer for forgiveness that our Lord Jesus taught us is a cry out to God from the hole, in, in the depths of our debts. And as the believer is praying for forgiveness, he or she will recognize that they have offended God by their sins. They desire reconciliation with God. They long for peace with their neighbor. And the Lord Jesus touches on all these three elements in the simple words of the fifth petition. Forgive us our debts 
as we also have forgiven our debtors. Having recognized by the grace of God that our sins separate us from God. You see that in Psalm 130, verse 3. In the fifth petition, we are asking the Lord to allow us to share in the peace with God and our neighbor that Jesus Christ has obtained. This afternoon, I preached to you this gospel under the theme, The Spirit of Christ within us makes us desire the grace of forgiveness in our lives. We pray thankful for the payment that Christ has made and thankful for the peace that Christ has obtained. The gospel message of the scriptures that we sang together already in hymn 28 is that God sent his only begotten son as a substitute for us to pay our debts for us. Since we have sinned against the most high majesty of God and deserve temporal and eternal punishment, payment could only be made by the true and righteous man who was at the same time true God. Jesus Christ bore the burden of God's eternal wrath against the sins of the whole human race when he offered his own sinless body on the cross as a sacrifice. Our Heavenly Father is willing to accept Christ's payment for the sins of everyone who believes in him. The word forgive in the fifth petition means to release someone from their obligation to cancel the debt that separates us. Christ's sacrifice was sufficient to pay for the debt that our sins incurred. You can read about that very clearly in Hebrews chapter 7. And so God's forgiveness gives us a way out of, of an impossible situation. Jesus Christ's work is like a rope, a lift, dropped into the hole of our debt. His work is the answer to our prayer to cry out to the Lord. When we ask God to forgive us our sins, to cancel our debt, to, to give us a way back into his presence and into his light, we pray knowing what Jesus Christ has already done for us. He has already died on a cross to pay for our sins. And praying the fifth petition shows that we believe that our sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ. It's, it's the way that God has ordained for us to receive this free gift with thankfulness. Christians know that if we want to be restored to a relationship of peace with God, He has to do everything. Now, unfortunately, by nature, we are very proud. We have a lot of difficulty accepting free gifts, even when we need them very much. Often we are like a person who is in, in the hole, who sees the rope hanging down into the darkness and, and yet respond by saying, thank you for the rope, but don't worry, I got this. And then rather than acknowledging that we are helpless and, and hopeless and, and completely dependent on our rescuer, on God, well, we get back to work and we try to do it ourselves and we start digging and digging further away from God because everything we do is stained with sin. We would rather 
stay in the hole in the darkness and feel good about ourselves, then admit and face our weakness and sin and take hold of the salvation that is ours in Christ. That is what our sinful nature is like until, until the Holy Spirit opens our eyes through the proclamation of the holiness of God. And the Holy Spirit softens our hearts to, to feel, to recognize our need. And the Holy Spirit gives us an eagerness to receive God's grace and be restored immediately to the relationship of peace with God on the basis of Christ's merits. Only those who are willing to receive the payment of another will turn to God in their misery and pray to him in Jesus' name and forgive us our debts. For the sake of Christ's blood, that's how we confess it, do not impute to us, wretched sinners, any of our transgressions, nor the evil which still clings to us. Our merciful God will hear our honest and humble prayer. And brothers and sisters, do you want to live in the freedom of the payment that Christ has made? Live free from the debt you owe to God and your neighbor the steps for getting out of the hole of debt toward God are, are very clear. Make sure you, you are ready to be seen and known as someone who is weak and dependent. The light will show your dirt. Stop persisting in rebellion and sin. You can't earn your way out of, out of the hole. You can't dig yourself out of the hole. Recognize your need. Humble yourself and depend completely on God who saves you. He has to do everything. And cry out to God for, for help that he might once again assure you of the salvation he has prepared for you. You can use the, the prayer that our Lord Jesus Christ taught us to pray and follow the light of his word. The, the word that, that points you in, in so many different ways to the payment that has already been made by his son, Jesus Christ. Receive the free gift of forgiveness of sins with, with thankfulness. What a blessing it is to be able to pray the fifth petition in, in that knowledge, to know that when God looks at you praying this, this prayer depending on Jesus Christ, he sees the righteousness of his own son. He no longer imputes to us the sins that we committed to offend him. The conclusion of Psalm 130, verse 4, it's triumphant, but with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. And the forgiveness of our sins has already been obtained by our substitute Jesus Christ, and in him there is plentiful redemption. We may pray the fifth petition, thankful that Christ has paid all our debts, for us and in our place. Our prayer has already been answered in Jesus Christ. We pray knowing the payment has been made. And the joy of the Christian who is able to pray the fifth petition and the knowledge of the work of Jesus Christ is a prayer of great thankfulness. Everyone who, who hates 
the darkness of their sins, who, who sees Christ's sacrifice and his victory in the light of the word as it is proclaimed. Everyone who repents of the sins they have committed against God and their neighbor who believes in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and begin to walk with him. Yes, everyone who humbles himself before God will be forgiven. The peace that Christ has obtained through his sacrifice is so clearly displayed at the celebration of Lord's Supper. As we declare our sins before God, as we cry out to him to wash us clean in the, in the blood of Jesus Christ, we see that others are there also. They are doing the same thing. They are sinners with us seeking forgiveness in Jesus Christ. We aren't the only ones being rescued out of the whole of our debts. And, and God has brought us together with other believers who also want to love God and love their neighbor. It's as the angel said when Jesus was born, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he, with whom he is pleased. We pray thankful for the peace that Christ has obtained. If you look closely at the prayer that our Lord Jesus taught us, you will notice that in our prayer we make it, make it clear that we understand that what is true for us is true for everyone who calls God our Father. We pray, forgive us our debts, our debts. As a community of people who have had their debts paid for by Jesus Christ, it's what unites us. The rope and the lift was sent down into the hole of our debts to rescue all Christians together out of their place of rebellion against God. He has forgiven your debts and he has also paid for your neighbor's debts before God. If that person recognizes and confesses their sins and repents and believes in Jesus Christ as you have done, he has saved us all together, all, all who humble themselves before God and his spirit within us now makes us want to be together as one body, clinging to one another in the forgiveness of our sins. In Ephesians 4, verse 32, that you perhaps read as you walked in today, it was displayed on the wall, the Holy Spirit teaches us what our forgiveness of our neighbor looks like. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Our Lord Jesus draws our attention to our relationship with our neighbor right in the petition that he taught us to pray when, when we are looking for deliverance. He says, our Father in heaven, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And we confess with these words that we mean to say, our Father in heaven, we pray that you will forgive us our sins. And then the confession says, as we also find evidence of your grace in us, that we are fully determined, wholeheartedly, to forgive our neighbor. So we're praying, Lord, lead us by your Holy Spirit to show that we are grateful for the peace that Christ has obtained. So how do we show that we are grateful for the peace that Christ has obtained? Our Lord Jesus says in Matthew 
6, verses 14 and 15. If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. In Mark 11, verse 25, the Lord Jesus says something very similar. He says, and whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Do you see what kind of people God forgives? They are people who are always seeking peace with their neighbor. People who want to restore relationships. People who, who desire to live according to the commandments to put God in, in the first place. Not to, to hate, but to, to love. To desire this love with all their hearts. People who believe that God's will alone is good. People who are humble. People who understand that, that peace is not earned by our right deeds, but it is given to the church in Jesus Christ. And so instead of desiring some form of revenge and, and demanding that the other person pay for their sins against us in some way, our desire is a humble desire. We, we desire humility. We desire transformed hearts in ourselves and, and in others. Repentance. Restored relationships. For it is only when we love our neighbor, when we are wholly, fully determined to wholeheartedly forgive him or her, that we are able to understand the work of Jesus Christ. What he has done to us, done for us, only becomes clear when we are asked to do a similar thing to our neighbor. He has obtained peace for us in his blood and in his payment. And we show our gratefulness for this peace in the way that we relate to those around us. And, and Hebrews says, when he has paid, there is no longer any offering for sin. That's Hebrews 11, verse 18. And so we can pray, Lord Jesus, we are thankful that you have restored peace to our lives in your blood, our lives, as, as God's people. We are thankful that you have restored peace also between me and my neighbor. You have paid for the sins of my fellow believing Christian. It's a prayer that God will bless our constant mutual efforts to reconcile so that we can, ex we can experience the, the same restoration of our relationship together as we experience it with God. And brothers and sisters, as the Lord Jesus Christ forgives your sins, he, he gives you his spirit, he also changes your heart. He changes your perspective of your neighbor. Knowing your own dirtiness, you cannot expect perfection the lives of other people who are on the lift with you. In the congregation of believers, we do need to be very patient with one another, especially with those whose trust has been shattered. 
At the same time, our relationship to Christ, the Savior and Redeemer, must be our first priority. Our eyes are on Jesus Christ and following Jesus Christ, and, and we don't want to live just to please people, especially those who refuse to love and serve Jesus Christ. That is why we don't confess that we must forgive everyone and be reconciled to them, but we confess that we desire to see the evidence of God's grace in our hearts that we fully desire wholeheartedly to forgive our neighbor. It's like Romans 12, verse 18, where you read, If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. You see, the Lord recognizes that sometimes it is impossible to reach the, the, the point of full reconciliation, perhaps due to death or due to the hardness of the heart of the other person. But even in such sad cases where the other person continues to hold a grudge or who refuses to fight against the sin that he or she is committing against you, not promising and showing real amendment, even if it's not possible on their side, it is always possible for the Holy Spirit to keep our hearts soft and open for reconciliation. We will be sad about any conflict in our lives. We will be sad to see rebellion against God. And our desire to forgive our neighbor, it comforts us. It shows us that we remain in the grace of God. We understand his forgiveness of our sins. And we, when we pray the fifth petition saying, as we have also forgiven our debtors, we are asking God to keep hatred out of our hearts, to preserve a humble desire to forgive our neighbors within our hearts, to, to be set free of that burden. And when we have the Holy Spirit, we will never say or show that we are unwilling to seek reconciliation with, with another person, nor to refuse to forgive someone who has promised and shown real amendments. The good news is that many times it happens that the Lord works repentance, the Lord works change, whether he does that through a loving discipline, the Holy Spirit working in the hearts of the sinners, he brings us back to the Lord. You know that in your own life, how many times has the Lord worked repentance in your heart, a, a renewed desire to be in his peace. And so it happens that sinners do confess their sins. The Spirit is very powerful. They repent. They seek to renew their relationship with the Lord. They show that their commitment is more than just mere words. They are forgiven by God in Jesus Christ. And they humbly come and ask you also to forgive them. It's a great reason for rejoicing with that peace that Christ has obtained central in our minds. We, we look at them with, with joy. We praise God. And the Holy Spirit tells us, and that's why we read together 2 
Corinthians 2, verses 5 to 11. He tells us in, in chapter 2, verses 7 to 8, he says to turn, to forgive, comfort such weary sinners. Reaffirm your love for them. The hope of every believer is resolution, is reconciliation in Christ. This is also a part of our prayer in the fifth petition. God does not desire the death of the sinner and neither do God's children. When we, when we pray the fifth petition, we pray remembering that it is not only we who need this forgiveness, but also our fellow believer, the church, others around us who need forgiveness. We pray for the evidence of this grace in ourselves. Do you want to be lifted out of the dark well of conflict and rebellion, and selfishness and arrogance and loneliness? To look and see, look and see that the lift that is lit up by the light of the word of God, the light that shows us who Jesus Christ is, that lift has room for many people besides yourself. Jesus Christ has paid the debt that you owed to God and, and in him there is a, a ride to, to renewed fellowship with God for everyone, everyone who submits to him. And as we accept Christ's payment for ourselves, we, we are called to also accept his payment, understand, see his payment for others. You will find many people just as needy just as dependent as you are, just as eager to cry out to Jesus Christ. In fact, you will see them because Christ has brought us all together as his people to live in unity in the peace that he has obtained. And you and I, we all may share in God's forgiveness. We may experience peace in our hearts even as we are showing all kindness and tender-hearted compassion to those around you. Because that gospel, when you think about what God has done to you, that gospel of being forgiven in Jesus Christ, it changes who we are. It changes how we see others. It gives us a, a humility and a, a thankfulness and a generosity. We can't even really put it into words. It's something that takes over our lives and defines us. God's, by God's grace, we want to share this gospel, yes, in our congregation, but it's such a, a joyful message that we also look around and we see in so many people who are still suffering in the darkness who don't even know there is forgiveness, there is a gospel of salvation. And maybe if we use the analogy before we step on the lift, we do take a look and we, we let others know there is forgiveness in Jesus Christ. It's his work for the world. The hole of debt is deep and dark, but God has not left us alone. Let us trust in his grace and his power to restore us to full fellowship in him, even as we, we see this power in the, in the changes that he affects in our own hearts and our own relationships eagerly celebrating 
the joy of forgiveness, the peace that Christ has obtained, we cry, our Father in heaven, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Amen.